You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Alan Seiler. Make it so. And Veronica Daschle. Hi. Welcome back to the Captain Picard Week Podcast Festival. Woohoo! Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we were part of the festival last year, and it was a lot of fun, and they graciously invited us to come back and talk about Picard. Yeah, it's very exciting. I don't understand why this is the subject for tonight. I mean, I know it's Picard week. <laughs> is there a connection? I don't understand. I don't get it. Well, wait about a week and you'll find out. <laughs> Good point. And, and it looks like in our comments, we have some first-time listeners to yeah. EST. Oh, sweet. So, hello yeah. and welcome, guys. Yeah. Well, if you're not familiar with our show, we've been going for about two years. And I mean, we just talk about Star Trek. All Star Trek, old Star Trek, new Star Trek. Any Star Trek. <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're fans of Star Trek, you should say. And we're part of the ESO Podcast Network. And we go out weekly and we do live shows on Thursdays talking about the latest episodes. And we'll deep dive into the old stuff. And we just have a great time. Yeah. So, hi, Haven Studios. And hello, Tara. Nice to see both of you. Yeah. Yay. Thank so you just to, for joining us. Yeah. Just to let everybody know if, um, if there's people watching who want to throw in comments or questions throughout the show, we are live. We are taking whatever you want. So mm -hmm. if you have something you want us to talk about, throw it in. We will get to it. That's right. And tonight we're going to be talking about Picard's career, but before and after the Enterprise, which Doesn't I think is pretty exist. fascinating. <laughs> right, because we think of Picard for those 15 years of his career that he served on the Enterprise. Yeah. But I mean, Picard, he was in his 90s in Star Trek Picard, and he went, went off to the Academy as probably 18 years old. I mean, you, you're that's right. 70, 80 years of Starfleet career, and we only saw about 15 years of it. So I think it's pretty fascinating to look at sort of who he was and what he was doing when he wasn't on the Enterprise. Exactly. Um, we have one question, though, but it's okay. not about Picard. It's about us. Yeah. When on Thursdays are your live shows, as I am here on uh, Strange New Pod every week in their shows. Well, we do ours Thursdays mm -hmm. at 8 p.m. Eastern. That's right. And I believe Strange New Pod still goes out at 930. So um, we're, we're not in conflict. <laughs> so you know, if you watch Star Trek, want to have an evening of watching people talk about Star Trek and joining in the conversation, uh, you're welcome. You're welcome for both. Awesome. And we also have Miss Powell family saying thanks for my gosh, there's comments coming in. Thanks for the topic. Mm -hmm. I've forgotten his early history. And she also says new listener. Yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome. we're happy to have you with us. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, want to go back to Picard's the Stargazer. Early days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Stargazer, but really we could go before the Stargazer. We Absolutely. So look, we will definitely get to days. the Stargazer. Yeah, we'll definitely get there. I mean, Picard joined the Academy, and I mean, from the descriptions of what we got on the show, he was a very different guy than mm -hmm. the Picard that we knew from the TV show. Yeah. He seemed like he's much more of a Kirk figure when he was, you know, cocky, arrogant, um, very athletic, running marathons and wrestling, yeah. you know? So I, I think it's interesting to sort of look at it as we're going along and how Picard evolved into the man that we know. Yeah. And we, we, and we know from watching the show that a lot of it had to do with that attack in the bar you know mm -hmm. the the knife stab to the heart basically and right and the way that that and i think that's so interesting that the that the show took that step of showing what he was like before and showing the thing that changes the course of his personality mm -hmm. basically and right. makes him that more thoughtful that more cautious that more but at the same time a very proactive person mm -hmm. i'm wondering also if how much of it was starfleet was changing because if you look back yeah at, at Kirk's time, Kirk was apparently the bookish nerdy kid in Starfleet and right. he turned into Kirk. Yeah. So it may be that when Picard was a kid, he was looking up to the Kirks of the world and Starfleet changed. Yeah. <laughs> that's and that's true. a good point that you guys are that making is. because 
I mean, it's one thing to be sort of, you know, brash and cocksure and arrogant as a young man heading out into the universe. But then, I mean, you take a stab through the heart, for instance. Yeah, and that'll change you. Yeah, it's, it's, suddenly it's it does. real, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, it's, I say it, it's it really easy as to, if I've had one, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. Well, it's really easy to talk smack at a, uh, over a Domjot game at Starbase Air Heart. But when <laughs> you actually get stabbed through the heart and it's like, well, maybe I should uh, have a little more reserve and caution with what I'm doing. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we know a little bit about Picard's time at the Academy. We know Boothby was there mm-hmm. and the. Yeah, and we know that from Picard's own mouth that he almost didn't graduate. Boothby had to sort of talk him through some crises, but I, I think it's interesting to think of Picard as a guy like not getting the homework done. You know, you wouldn't imagine Jean-Luc Picard not getting right. his homework in on time. <laughs> right, because how many times do we see him on the show doing the homework, whether it mm-hmm. be studying archaeology or preparing to speak insect to, you know, some delegate that he has to do, and 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 Troy is like, No, the clicks mean this. And, you know, and he's like, and he's working, he's working at it. And it's funny Mm -hmm. to think of him in the academy. Of course, you know, know, there's a different time of life. And when you're in college, you want to do college, but you also want to do college, you know, (laughs) and it's fun to to think of him that way as the, the, you know, I don't know how much of a party animal he was, but, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it may not be that he wasn't turning assignments, and that's that's my right. assumption. But I mean, right. you think of Picard as an older guy, and he's the kind of guy who, in his leisure time, is reading Shakespeare and listening to opera. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't you don't think of him as sort of the the wild young guy, right? Uh, or right. as necessarily as an athlete. You yeah. know, that's something that they they mentioned several times about Picard. He was a wrestler. He was the first you know uh, underclassman to win the the marathon. I mean, that he was a uh, like a a young you know, sort of sports guy. Mm-hmm. Um, about um, the Academy. Let's see. Mm-hmm. First of all, crazy to think that he was only 22 years old when he lost his heart based off mm-hmm. of memory alpha. Right. And um, considering how often they kept Wesley out, they should have high standards in the Academy once cadets start. Yeah. That's that's very true. I mean, yeah. it's probably you can't get away without turning in too many assignments. <laughs> Maybe an incorrect assumption on my part. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the people who make it to the academy are the best of the best of the best. And, and now we, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say we saw a few cadets, you know, while we've been watching Star Trek, who have been sort of allowed in and made their way in. But I mean, from that testing that we watched Wesley go through, Picard would have had to go through quite a bit to get yeah. just in the door. You know exactly. And am I remembering incorrectly? Did he not make it in the first time he applied or did he almost not make it in the first time? Oh, I don't remember. Because you remember in that episode where Wesley is like, you know, I didn't get into the Academy and, and and he said, I have a, I'll confess to you. I didn't either. I do. Isn't that right? I do remember that. I think that, I think that you're right about that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's the competitor, the, the Academy is a very competitive school just to get into. And I I imagine to stay, you got to stay ahead of the curve, but that's yeah. interesting that Nog got in on his first try. Yeah. True. I wonder, if part I wonder of that how that much is. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I wonder how much of that is Hey, Hey, there's a Ferengi that actually wants to be in Starfleet. Let's mm-hmm. let's, yes. let's make that happen. I wonder if that also has something to do with sponsorship too, because he had yeah. Captain Cisco speaking on his behalf. Mm-hmm. Did Picard have someone, mm. you know, who Why didn't was... Wesley have someone? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because Picard's family wasn't particularly supportive of him going. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah. not like even his dad's going to write a letter of recommendation for him, you know? <laughs> or he even necessarily knew someone to. Right. Yeah. He's just coming off the street. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, I, well, the street. <laughs> right. <laughs> off the transporter pad. <laughs> right on. From his vineyard. Right. And the castle at the vineyard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, after Starbase Earhart, I mean, you know, he, that's his basically on, on leave after the Academy. He gets stabbed through the heart. He gets his artificial heart. And yeah. I mean, we don't see a lot of what happened to Picard for the next few years. We know that he served on the USS Reliant and, you know, he knew Nakamura there, who we saw later as an admiral. But, um, you know, sort of, I, I mean, I expect he's just doing your, your typical, you know, lower, um, lower rank officer things, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tara asks, wasn't Wesley younger than normal and they wanted him to wait or did she invent that in her head? 
Yeah, that sounds right. I know that Wesley was about 15 in the season one. So he's probably 16, maybe 17 by the time um, he's yeah. heading off to the academy. But for the first time he tested, he probably was like 16. But mm-hmm. I would expect that I would expect him not so rigid about the educational system in the future if you're able to perform and you're able to pass the test. But I mean, like, you know, yeah. his Benzite buddy had to go through the same testing. And right. You know, so I, it was, I don't think that they were singling him out, but certainly that he didn't get a free ride into the Academy either. Yeah, exactly. And I think it was interesting to see Wesley going through those steps because, you know, even if you have the intellect at a younger age, you might not necessarily have the emotional maturity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was cool to see Wesley in that situation where he, you know, is being shown that he, how much he has learned. Just from right. his, at that point, year on mm-hmm. the Enterprise, you know, he right. did have a maturity in a lot of ways that maybe another kid his age wouldn't have. True. Yeah. yeah. And a service record, yeah. which a lot of kids his age exactly. have. You know? Right, right. And he still didn't get in. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. Um, Haven says, I think Nog needed a sponsorship letter similar to an H-1B visa in the United States, but... Mm-hmm. I would assume Picard did not become did not because of being human from France. Well, that's possible. Mm-hmm. Well, we yeah, know that's... for a fact that that's why Nog, like, yeah. because he's not a citizen, he had to have yeah. an officer. But now, how how much that helps him get in or not get in, right? You know, I, I, you would presume that he still had testing to go through and that sort of thing. We didn't; they didn't spend a lot of time on that. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I would love to yeah. have seen what his experience was compared to Wesley's, since we saw would... Wesley's. It would be neat to see if Nog had to go through some similar test. I mean, he had to have gone, you know. I'd have watched an entire series of Nog at the Academy. Oh I'm God. not going to lie. Can you imagine how great <laughs> that show would have been? That I know. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, so this is, this I mean, is not the Nog show. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Every it show is the be. Nog show. Every, every show is the Nog show. There you go. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but no, I mean, um, I mean, then up to the point where Picard, you know, then he ends up on the Stargazer. And, you know, he's just an officer just serving until disaster strikes and his yeah. superior officers are killed and he had to take command. And he did. Yeah. yeah. And became a very young captain in Starfleet. Yeah. But it's, it, it's interesting, though, at that point that, I mean, for one, that, you know, it takes a lot, I think, if you're a junior officer to just assume command of the ship. But, I mean... He did. It wasn't like a field promotion where he wasn't in command of the ship for that mission, and then they put another real captain. They, like he stayed in command of that ship for twenty-two years after that. Mm. That yeah. says a lot about that was long him. You know, right? Yeah. So he basically sh- served as captain on two starships for pretty much his entire career. Well, he mm-hmm. had the reliant. Well, then there's some gaps in there, but right. yeah, yeah, still. But it's interesting um, that his, his time on the Stargazer is more than his time on the Enterprise. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, Miss Powell says, I just started watching the first duty where, and I'm not going to say JL, where Jean-Luc. <laughs> you just did. I, I know. <laughs> talks to Boothby, and Boothby says that he made a mistake, but we don't know what the mistake was. Yeah, that that and that's true. Yeah, I mean, we don't know what exactly that he did that, that got him in hot water. But I mean. It, it was probably pot. <laughs> maybe i don't know <laughs> it was something that it was against the rules we'll say that it was pot and he got it from uh what's her name <laughs> what's her name raffi yeah thank you thank you okay <laughs> that's a joke i don't mean it i know and strange new pod says sometimes hey. it seems and okay fine i'll say it jl has alluded <laughs> to it a bit that he may have loved the stargazer more than the enterprise yeah, well, I mean, it's his first command. Yeah, and right. he likened it to the, I mean, the, like a first love. Yeah, like exactly. You know, even though the 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 Stargate was a rickety old ship, and yeah. the Enterprise is a luxury liner by comparison, that it just it, it's like you know when you're you, you might have a a nice practical fancy car as an adult, but you don't remember the little hot rod you drove around in when you were a kid, the old beater that you used right. to tear around <laughs> with your buddies in. Right. You know, there's something about that first taste of freedom. Yeah, and. And I mean, I'm I'm sure Picard felt that, you know, that yeah. that, that time was very special to him. But it's, it's funny that we meet so few people from that time over the course of the show. And and even the few that you do meet, it's like in passing and you barely catch on that. Oh, they're from the Stargazer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. 
plus there's there's being on an older more rickety ship just brings its own sense of adventure mm-hmm. yeah. you know who who really really wants to go cruising around the galaxy in a luxury liner i'll go come on <laughs> in in a in a hotel lobby come on <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i mean the, the stargazer you know you know what though it could also be that after the battle of maxia that the, uh, there weren't a whole lot of his buddies from the stargazer around very possible you know i mean they were yeah, that's true it was a dangerous time in starfleet and we know that during it was during that period that he became friends with jack crusher and obviously jack crusher's not around to come yeah. see him on the enterprise you know yeah. and i expect a lot of his you know comrades from that ship probably met the same fate i, I would imagine so yeah um let's see i don't know how to pronounce this name so i'm just gonna i don't know I don't know. Anyway, Picard definitely got weepy talking about the Stargazer when he was sharing drinks with Scotty in the holodeck in Relics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's Haven's, something that those... Sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, that's something those two could could bond over. You know, exactly. It's a love of the old ship. I mean, just like Scotty had served on the Enterprise A, but it's not the same as the Enterprise. You know? Right. And, and when no Scotty was stuck a, serving... B, <laughs> C, or D. Right. And when he had to surf for a minute on the Excelsior, he hated it there. This, <laughs> this stupid elevator that was being polite to him. <laughs> Up your shaft. <laughs> Haven Studio says, I believe his mistake was when he failed his first entrance exam, which he spoke to Wesley about in Final Mission. Okay. Yeah. And then Tara says, at Haven Studios, yeah, but it was because he drank too much red wine, right? <laughs> yep. Could be. Well, hopefully Picard's got a tolerance by the time well, he I would hits the so. Academy. If I was a young man living on a vineyard, right. I, w- I would have had a nip here and there. Plus, the it's just in the family blood. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he met Jack Crusher while he was serving on the Stargazer and Beverly. And obviously, Beverly went on to become a huge part of his life. Yeah. 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 And and Jack too, from what we know. And I would right. really love to see some some episodes set during that time and see those relationships. You know, see the mm-hmm. way that he and Jack bonded and, and the way that he and 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 Beverly sort of like first formed their friendship and and mm-hmm. you know, whether it ever there was a hint of it like developing into more than that. I would love to see some of that stuff. Yeah. Well when he he said that, you know, he felt guilt over it because yeah. he was in love with his best friend's wife. Yeah, you know, and yeah. that really, I I was think that his friendship with Jack and his guilt over Jack's death colored yeah. a lot of his relationships with Beverly and with Wesley. I mean, how could not? Exactly, you know? exactly. Especially watching, you know, your 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 best friend's son growing into a young man, and you know, I'm sure seeing elements of Jack in Wesley. And you know, it's one thing that you know, if you're a commanding officer and you lose someone and mm-hmm. you feel a certain amount of responsibility. You know, mm-hmm. like, what could I have done? And you're going to question yourself and you're going to reevaluate right. what you did. But also that officer is your friend. But then also his family ends up on your ship and it's an everyday right. thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't see how you could get away from that, you know, in your mind. Every every time you say Mr. Crusher, you're going to think mm. of the older Mr. Crusher. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that sort of brings up another point, too, about the the love of the first ship. As, as opposed to the enterprise, he, you know, he had, especially going in, he had that uncomfortability with families on a starship. So then mm-hmm. you don't have that extra burden on the stargazer. So I'm sure that he looked back on that as a, as a time when, you know, that's when things were simple. You just went out in space and did your thing. And, you know, you didn't have to worry about, you right. know, kindergarten yeah. classes and, you know, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Well, cause everyone on the stargazer signed up for service, right? They all right. took the exactly. same oath. They all agreed to be there. And exactly. like I said, there, there wasn't a field trip on deck six, <laughs> you know, that, that you've got to worry about when the board are chasing you, <laughs> you know, <Exactly. laughs> can you imagine the extra weight on your shoulder when you're going into a battle situation or something like that? If it's a full crew that has signed on and know what the risks are, that's one thing. If it's people who have signed on and have kids, and and mm-hmm. something happens? Can you imagine? Yeah. Right. Oh my God! I just can't. Yeah. I mean, they they got lucky when the Enterprise D went down that they weren't pulling children out of the rubble. 
you know, because yeah. I mean, we saw they were evacuating children into that saucer section. Little kid, little girl dropping her teddy bear, right. you know, while the Klingons are blowing us out of space. You know, <laughs> exactly. Okay, let's see. The pod says, "Glad you're here." Oh, she's talking to Michael Kwan, who says, "Strange new pod sent him here. He's still at work." Thank you welcome, for joining welcome. us, Michael. It's nice to have you. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Haven Studio says Paramount Plus needs to make a Jack Crusher show and have James McAvoy playing a young Jean Luc. I'm not going to say JL. Yeah. I'm not going to say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be so great. Be that amazing. would be yeah. wonderful. And if you, I mean, that'd be a great role for Will Wheaton to play is Jack Crusher. And give, yeah. give, if you're ever going to give Will Wheaton a show, oh, yeah. Have him as Jack Crusher and James McAvoy is. Uh, yeah. Now, I mean, Will Wheaton's uh, a, a quite a few years older than Jack Crusher would be, but he looks twenty years younger than he is, so yes. he could pull it off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would. I would watch that. Yeah. I would just, just give <laughs> Will a show being a traveler. Just see yeah, what all kinds of too. what like, all kinds of stuff that he would get into and visiting different parts of the Star Trek universe. Oh my God! I would watch the heck out of that show. Yeah. And he could literally go anywhere to any of the, the Star Trek universes of Prodigy or right. World. Now, or now, now we're just pitching spinoffs. Exactly. Well, yeah. you know, that's, that's one of the things we love to do on our show. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Add it to the list. <laughs> that's right. Let me get this one before we get to the next thing. I'd right. hate to imagine how many dead or assimilated kids there were after the Battle of 359. Holy mm-hmm. smokes. Yeah, absolutely. I would yeah. hope that if they knew they were going into a situation like that, which I think a lot of the ships that came into that did, they would have like evacuated the families before. If they could. Yeah, if but I mean, could. a lot of them were rushing to get there. So, I mean, you got to wonder, like, I mean, if you're near a planet or a star base where you can drop the families off, great, go evacuate the families. Yeah. But otherwise, you know. Just beam <laughs> them onto that moon as we pass by. <laughs> right. Yeah. Get, uh, kids, get under your desk. <laughs> it's a Borg invasion. oh god that's funny holy smokes yeah but yeah we he served on the stargazer for you know the 22 years until the battle of maxia when you know Hmm. they it was just essentially destroyed it was uninhabitable they had to evacuate and then limp away in shuttlecrafts but then you got this nine-year period until the next generation that we we have very sketchy information Mm. about yeah. You know, I mean, we know that he was involved with the Cardassian conflict. We got some references to that. Yep. Um, then we know that, you know, he met Tasha Yar along the way. Um, but we, we, other than that, we don't get a whole lot of information about that nine year period. So I, I'm really interested to see what Picard, I know they covered it in books, but I mean, I would love to find out more about what Picard was doing. Like, how do you go from, you know, the captain of the Stargazer and then nine years later to the captain of the Enterprise, you know? <laughs> Michael Kwan has given us a solution to Wolf 359. He says that they offloaded the kids onto a Cerritos right before the battle. Then the Cerritos got the heck out of there. (laughs) Perfect. That's what they're good at. That's what the California (laughs) class are good for. That's right on. They totally set that up in the intro, too. Right. Stick to your streaks. (laughs) Now we know what they were doing there. Evacuation. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, I mean, so by the time he got even got to the Enterprise, Picard had had a heck of a career, you know? Yes. So here's what they need to do. They need to go the young Sheldon route. They need to do a young Picard series either set on um, Stargazer or at some point in his early career or Academy or whatever. And maybe maybe McAvoy. I don't know. But have somebody play him and and Patrick Stewart can be there and narrate, you know, just like just like what's his name does on young Sheldon and you know, it won't be a comedy, so don't go that route, but <laughs> it would be cool to have him cause he will still be involved. You know, he will still have that. And you know, he can still like maybe make an appearance as himself in the future or whatever, but then yeah. have these stories told from that period that we know so little about. I think like we're on to something here. <laughs> like the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Yeah. Every exactly. episode you've got old man Picard, like trying to mail a package or, you know, lo- he lost his bus ticket, you know, like the, it would have old Indiana Jones in this really like, you know, <laughs> these low risk situations and right. then reminiscing to someone about the time that he was yeah. in the Mexican revolution or whatever. <laughs> 
<laughs> he lost his bus ticket. Oh my god. <laughs> I think that's I can't make the transporter that. work. How do I make this thing work? No, that would I'm be out of great. Transporter I would tokens. That. Yeah, let me tell you about the time that the Ferengi attacked. <laughs> as long as as long as Laris is on it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I need her there. That's all. Okay. Mm. Yeah. That's my requirement. <laughs> okay. I'll let Kurtzman know. As long as she's Thank there, you. As, as get on it, Kurtzman. Right. <laughs> what were you saying, Veronica? <laughs> As long as she's only there as a cranky housekeeper. Right. Okay. You see, so you don't want Lair, you don't want her no. time traveling ancestor. No. Okay. Nope. Yeah. Cranky housekeeper who occasionally turns into badass fighter. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is, yeah. that is anyway. what I want. Anyway. Well, that's so a good segue. Put him in his place. Because then we get to the Enterprise section and then we, we're sort of jumping ahead to, you know, his life after serving yeah. on the Enterprise. Lighter here, inviting you to join Cletus Jacobs and I as we journey into a new era of the DC Universe, Dawn of the DC. Join us each week as we review comics, television, and movies. There might even be a surprise guest or two along the way. Thanks for your continued support, and we look forward to talking more DC with you. When we meet Picard in season one, now we do also get some next gen characters along the way. But I mean, right off the bat, we're introduced to two old comrades of Picard, Dr. Benayun and Rafi, you know, one from before the Enterprise and one from after the Enterprise. I think it's interesting that because he's got such a long and varied career that, of course, Mm -hmm. he knows more than the people he knew on the Enterprise. He's got more than eight friends. (laughs) You know? (laughs) He's met more of the people than that along the way. So I think that's a, I thought that was a good, a good touch in Picard season one that mm-hmm. when, when he needed a doctor, it wasn't just Crusher because he's, he's the only doctor he knows, you know, right. that, <laughs> you know, he's served with other medical officers in his career that he trusts, you know? Right. Exactly. Um, Michael Kwan asks, I read the one for James T. Kirk, but is the tie in book, the autobiography of John Luke Picard any good? I'm the, I'm the same boat as you, Michael. I've read the yeah. b- the Kirk one, but I haven't. But now that they've announced the Cisco one, I've I've got to I've yeah, got to get back. I've got to read the Picard and Janeway, so yeah. I can read the Cisco one too. Um, and Spock, yeah, and Spock. You're right. I forgot about yeah, Spock. Yeah, I was just yeah. thinking of captains. Exactly. But, um, yeah. I mean, they're. I think it's fascinating to, to for how people are diving in to these histories and you know, doing what the novelists do so well, which is just filling yeah. in the gaps, adding exactly. texture. You know exactly. We've not really been in a situation before the current, you know, like past five or whatever years where you have TV series that are able to do the fill in the gap kind of thing. Right. That always used to be the the purview of the books and the comics mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. And now we have all these 10 episode season long you know, series where you can have and the short treks and all that kind of stuff that can add those little bits of color. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not more simply short the, tracks, more short tracks, more short tracks. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the way that television has changed, that right. you can do a four episode series if you want exactly, you know, or, or, or whatever, you know, that they've got that, that much flexibility now that they really could start picking up some of these little threads and exploring them. I think that'd be a fascinating thing to do. Tara pitches in that the Janeway autobiography, which is read by Mulgrew is glorious listening yeah, that's one that I really want to get on the audiobook. Um, yes. Yeah, because yeah. that's that's and if they get Brooks to read um the, the autobiography of Cisco, I'll like Can you imagine? Off. You know, that's yeah. that's a tall order because he's I know probably not gonna agree to do it, but man, if they did, holy mm-hmm. smokes. Yeah, I'm really I, I think we've got it on Audible already in our catalog, and I just haven't gotten to it yet. But I, yeah, I definitely want to listen to that. Um, I'm waiting for the moment we see Rafi call Jean or call Picard JL in front of Riker. <laughs> I know <laughs> that's going to be amazing. I can't wait to see his face. Like when, that is going to be good. Right. Like when, when Riker was, I mean, it was a deleted scene, but in the deleted scene from Nemesis, when Riker's, you know, meeting his replacement and he tells yeah. him, you know, <laughs> he always likes to be called John Luke. Yeah. <laughs> good, good luck, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's interesting that, you know, during the Romulan evacuation, he got to the point with Rafi where she could call him JL. And he was comfortable with it. Right. Or he you didn't know? stop her enough. Yeah. Well, do you or think she that was he very was persistent about it? Right. Well, do you think he was comfortable with it at first? Or do you think that she just 
kept going. I think she just kept on. <laughs> you think that the she first few times, like, Rafi? Yes. <laughs> yes. Either that or, you know, this was later in life for him. And, and he's just mm-hmm. not as, you know, picky about stuff like that anymore. Yeah. Well, he did mellow a lot during he his did. time on the Enterprise. Season one, Picard exactly. wouldn't be having this JL no. stuff. No, but... absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, it could also be, too, that, I mean, he spent so many years around the same officers. You know, he had his crew who were like a family to him. And then he's off on his own again with new officers. So it could just be that he was looking for that kind of, kind of connection. You know, yeah. whether yeah. Picard is the kind of guy who would admit it or not, that he may admonish her for calling him JL and then smile when she goes out the door, you know, right. That they, right. they may well have had that kind of a relationship, but I think it's interesting that, you know, he, he became so invested in this Romulan evacuation yeah, and was, I mean, I, we were, we were to assume commanding a fleet, you know, like mm-hmm. he had, it was multiple ships involved in a lot of logistics and coordination, which I think he would be good at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Let me get a little backlog. Um, okay. Haven Studio says the Janeway autobiography is absolutely amazing. Loved it so much. Awesome. Uh, Miss Powell asks, is the last Best Hope pre-Picard season one book canon? And that, of course, brings up the whole thing of are the novels canon at all? Right. Because um, they often do these tie-ins and, and they'll even do it with comics. We're like a comic prequel to the movie or to the season. Right. But then later on, they'll just contradict it anyway. Yes. Right. Because they, right. Yeah. The books are canon, basically, until the television show, which is Prime Source, does something right. to contradict something that happened in the book. The The TV show is never beholden to obey what somebody wrote in a book. Right. But the right. books yeah. are beholden to obey what has been uh, stated as fact on the show. Right. Um, and, and they'll often tie them in for marketing. Where yes. they'll say, before you see the movie, read this comic book. <laughs> or before you watch right. the series, read this book, you know. Um, but ultimately when the next season comes along, if they have a, a different idea or a better idea, they're going with it, you know? Yes. Um, the reason that she asked that is because that book had a ton of Picard and Rafi's mission mm-hmm. to evacuate, evacuate Romulus. Exactly right. Yeah. And, the there was some of that in the, the, the Picard prequel comic as well. Yes. Um, Haven Studios clarifies that Last Best Hope is considered to be semi-canon. Kurtzman has said in the past that they will consider it canon unless the storyline needs it to be decanonized. Yep. Okay. Let's see. Um, also directed to Miss Powell. They've said the books are canon unless they're contradicted on screen, but I'm wondering if they'll confirm from the book that Worf was captain of the enterprise after Picard. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I actually though. Yeah. I, I, I know they carried that over from the old novel universe into the yeah. new, but that's a thing that, it, I mean, I don't want to get on a, on, a, on a tangent too bad, but that's a thing I hope they don't do because that's I, because, uh, because Worf to me gave up his chance at the captaincy when he went back for Jadzia and blew that mission and he did it knowingly. And I think I'm, I'm perfectly happy if he never becomes a captain because of that. I think Worf would be too. I think he would make that choice anyway mm. to give up his career or his prospects of advancement to save Jadzia. Um, but I, that's a, that's not this discussion. So I'll leave that there. <laughs> Not to go on a big tangent. But... On, but... <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I am told that I can pronounce the name Kern. Okay. Hey, I can do that. Thank yeah. you for the clarification. I very much appreciate it. Absolutely. So now I will think of you with head ridges and. let's see another person we haven't heard from prior to this is david willett who says oh i wish i had the patience time to read more of the books me too yeah that's why i I often go ahead no i says that's why i often do audiobooks because Mm. i have a lot of commute time and so that works better for me sometimes than by the time i get home laying down to read and then i fall asleep on page yes i I will fall (laughs) i i used to read constantly Mm -hmm. and now i start to read fall asleep in a few seconds right unless i'm trying to go to sleep and then i cannot fall asleep and i'm bored of the book (laughs) that's right commute time for me interesting (laughs) commute time for me is music time i can't do audiobooks i I do sometimes but okay yeah Strangely Pod says, well, Worf has Captain Rank Pips in the promo picture released today. Ooh. I didn't know there yeah. were new promo pictures released today. Yeah. I haven't seen I saw this. Them. 
I saw them coming out all day, but I was at, I was at my office, so I couldn't spend a lot of time on them. But thank you for that. We're getting in the way of podcasting. I know. I know. You, my, my job doesn't stop when we get new Star Trek promo picks, unfortunately. I wish they, they, they should, you know? Yeah. All right, everybody. Hold on. Yeah, pause. <laughs> That's right. Have you all seen this? <laughs> but yeah, thanks for that. So I guess we'll find yeah, out really. um, when, when Picard starts that oh. what, what happened to Worf. That's really the exciting prospect of season three for me is seeing what happened to everybody you know um yeah so i mean unfortunately the the romulan evacuation didn't mm. go so well for picard you know nope. like starfleet pulled the plug and he had to sort of stand up on his principles and he left mm-hmm. but i think it's interesting that he developed such a relationship with the um Kuat malat you know on vashti mm-hmm. me too and to the point that he's that- going there you know and visiting with them and spending time and especially with elnor because he's sort of you know, Picard's always had this thing where sort of longing for a family, you know, yeah. he's, they made that clear from episode one. He's not a family man. And you find out more and more as the series goes along that, you know, he sort of regrets that. You know? Yep. I would love to see more of that mm-hmm. explored too. That won't fit into yeah. our possible James McAvoy led, you know, early <laughs> Picard series, but I would right, love cool. to, I would love to know more about that, about that. Uh, that relationship that developed with Elnor and, and, and that whole right. situation with the Quatmalot. I think that's really, really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting that, you know, like I say, he developed such a close relationship with the young boy that was there. And, yeah. but also that once, you know, the, the evacuation was called off and he resigned, he didn't go back. Yeah. Like, why are you not, why didn't you just you know? like do uh, uh, finished Rangers wouldn't be a right fit, but something like that where you're like not part of the Federation, but you're still doing good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. could hire a ship. You're yeah. John like Picard. You can yeah. find someone to follow you. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. But you find right. like 50 someone's to follow you. Yeah. But it, I mean, it feels to me like, you know, he sort of threw his resignation on the table thinking that they're never going to take it because of his years of service. You know, I mean, right. as we talked about on this show, we, he went from the Reliant to the Stargazer, to the Enterprise, to the Admiralty, you know, like, and then it got to the point where Starfleet was like, okay, yeah, we'll accept your resignation. Bye. And I think he's just, yeah. you know, we'll screw you guys then, you know, mm-hmm. and sort of turn his back on the world for a while. Yeah. But I think, it's, I think it's unfortunate, but I think it's understandable, you know, that you, it's sort of like you, you're, you're at your job for 50 years and you say, well, if you change this policy, I'll quit. And they're like, well, bye. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I've been here for 50 years. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, what are you guys going to do without me? I'm on, I'm on the brochure. <laughs> yep well they'll just have to reprint uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, right. the higher ups are like yeah well I've been here for 10 minutes so bye right that's <laughs> unfortunately a lot of times the case and it's not an exclusive thing to Starfleet that you get yeah. the younger folks coming in who don't always appreciate the value of the veterans mm-hmm. you know yes. that's that's something that's sort of universal to across a lot of different kind of organizations yes you know um Okay, a little bit of backlog. Go ahead. Michael Kwan says you can get a rank of captain without being a ship captain, which is true. true. There are captains yep. who captain things other than starships. Yep. So yes, that is it. absolutely true. Um, Haven Studios says yes, because you know we saw that in 1701A. Mm-hmm. Um, Kern says, hasn't it been confirmed that the Enterprise was in the battle where the living construct took over the starship the Starfleet ships. I wonder who was captain then. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. And hey, here's some a familiar name. Matt Sweatman says, Hey, Matt Sweatman. What's up? Just watching and loving the discussion and participation. And he says, hi, everyone. Hey, everyone. Yeah, Matt, Matt is a Sweatman is one of our regulars. Yeah, as, he's and he's the past couple of weeks. He was on the podcast a few yeah. times you know, yeah. giving his insights. So welcome, Matt. Thanks for coming. Um, Haven says, I believe Strange New Pod did confirm confirm it during the podcast for Supernova Part 1 and 2. David Willett says, ah, you could, <clears throat> you would like to think Starfleet would value its people more than modern corporations do. <laughs> yeah, you, you would think, think so, yeah. But I mean, that's a big part of Star Trek is that people are people. You know, people no matter people. what century it is. You know, that, that goes back to the earliest Starfleet, the earliest Star Trek pitch was that the humans, the, the human nature hasn't changed, you know? So I, I think that, you know, unfortunately, 
but good for drama, Starfleet can still fall prey to our own biases and shortcomings. And I think that's yeah. a fascinating thing about Star Trek is that we get to see ourselves through this other lens, you know, right. um, dealing with, with new things. Um, but yeah, I mean, but it looks like, you know, after the events of Picard season one, he became the chancellor of Starfleet Academy. We didn't get to see a whole lot of that in season two because no. they started dimension hopping and time traveling and, you know, we got we got a little away from Starfleet there for a while. Probably will be telling me why. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, what do you, what do you think that he was? I mean, I guess just what what do you, what is this, what does a Chancellor of Starfleet Academy do? Make speeches. Make speeches. Picard <laughs> is good at that. Yep. yep. Yeah, he is. That's true. Yeah. Welcomes the new in new trainees in a big speech when they first come in and congratulates the graduates. And okay. that's the Chancellor C. Okay. Well, he was also going off to the new Stargazer. You know. I think that was more right. personal than well, maybe, 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 but I, but I think also, I mean, I thought th that was a good way I thought of illustrating that Picard's career is being valued, you know, mm. that there's now a legacy stargazer as well. It's not just, okay, fine. You can come back in, but look at the new stargazer, you know, named yeah. after the, the ship that Picard famously commanded, you know, which is a, a, it's a rare thing. I would think that he's served on two enterprises. He didn't serve on, but, at least boarded two stargazers, you know, mm -hmm. and I, th I think it's a great touch that the show threw in there. And that stargazer, the stargazer could have been any ship you call it, you could call it the, the USS Mississippi, you know what I mean? It, it would have made a difference to the story, but I think it makes a big difference to sort of the perception of how Picard is being viewed by Starfleet at that time. Um, just to, just to put this up really quickly, David Willett has to get back to work because it's middle of the day in Australia. We didn't know you were chatting with us from Australia. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, That's really cool. Have a great rest of the, your day, buddy. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. We hope that's to see really you on cool. The station Trek sometime. Yeah. I don't know what time of day it will. Well, it would be middle. You could do it on your lunch break when we that's do our right. live shows on Thursdays. Right. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. Tara says, Weren't all the Starfleet ships severely damaged while shooting at each other, which Enterprise Alphabet would be would we be looking at at that point? Oh, well, we know that the F shows up in yeah. um, Picard season three, and we know that the, the the E was still active, at least by the time of Prodigy. So that's what twenty three eighty three to somewhere around twenty five hundred. I don't I don't know what the exact date is of the startup card season three, but somewhere over that seventeen period year period, there was the transition. You know, so mm. it could have been twenty three eighty three. It could have been five years ago. <laughs> you know, this mm. could be the maiden voyage. You know, with Harem in the third in charge of the Enterprise F. You know, <laughs> tractor beam will be installed on Tuesday. <laughs> uh, but I mean, looking back over Picard's career. Sort of what are the takeaways, you know, I mean, it, even w with or without the Enterprise in the equation. I mean, he went on quite a journey from cadet and marathon winner to, you know, the admiral and, you know, mm. the cha chancellor of the academy. Yeah. Uh, uh, an amazing career. Yeah. I mean, that's right. really what you're left with. And, you know, what a remarkable person to to go through that journey with you know these sort of highfalutin moral stances and maintain that you know right. to not let circumstances um change what you find is in, in the core of your being you know what i mean mhm mm um zon 4 hello zon 4 what planet are you from? That's an interesting name. Just tuning in after seeing the tweet. Great conversation for Picard week. Yeah, nice to have you, you join us. Yeah. yeah, I would imagine that that's, you know, he's a descendant of Zahn from Star Trek yeah. Phase 2. So, yeah. you know, welcome. Um, and I'm sorry that your great-grandfather wasn't able to be on a Star Trek show. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that, so I'm glad you pointed that out. And hey, look who it is. Monkeying Around Podcast. Hey. Says, is there anything you don't want to see in season three of Picard? I don't want to see any characters die. No, I think you're probably gonna be out of luck there. I think you're out of luck. Yeah. <sighs> sorry. Sorry. No spoilers. I mean, not that we know anything. I don't know. Anything. Other than <laughs> Metallus has already said that, you know. Yeah, he's, he's sort he of said that. that he said nobody's safe. Right. So I don't know that he said necessarily that anybody's going right. to die, but he said nobody's safe. 
Right. I'm going to go with, he said that to make us think someone's going to die. So we're on the edge of our seats constantly because no one ever dies. There's a serious character in Star Trek. Yeah. But now maybe they will. Maybe. I, for me, whether they die or not, I just want a, a fulfilling resolution for the characters. You know, because, I mean, from 2002 to now, I didn't think we'd see all these guys together again. And now we're getting that. So even if Worf comes back only to go out in a blaze of glory, I, I want to be able to see it. You know, I'll, as long as it's a good, satisfying ending for the character, I'm happy. Or if they want to leave them yeah. all alive and say, yeah, maybe. And I can hope for the rest of my life that they'll all be back again. You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, why I watch TV. I don't watch TV to see depressing things. I watch TV to escape reality and be happy at the end. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, Yay. And, right. and here's the other thing. And this, this is sort of on the reality side of this. And I hate to bring this up, but there is truth to it. Do it while the cast members are alive and able, mm-hmm. you know, if you, if you wait, like Chuck says for the rest of your life and hope that they do it, those people aren't going to be around. You know, right. You yeah, don't well, you, want it to happen after they're gone. You want it to be the characters played by the actors. That That's kind of a like TV corporation mentality though. Like 20 years from now, somebody will go, you know what? We I should know. do a Captain Wharf series. <laughs> like, well, where have you been, dude? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like I was a I kid. Know. I was watching. Dorney has been asking reruns. for that. Right. <laughs> hey, great. Great idea, buddy. Uh, it looks like a lot of people in the comments are agreeing with you, Veronica. Yes. Yeah. As they should. <laughs> it happens a lot on our show. <laughs> As Matt will say, Veronica gets a point. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you need to say that Veronica gets a point in the comments. Just FYI. <laughs> just to make it official. That's <laughs> just right. to make it official. Matt is the awarder of points. That's right. To me. It's the burden he bears. <laughs> Tara says, I really don't mind when secondary characters die. You need those dramatic moments to make a good story. A hundred percent agreed. If there's no consequences, then the drama has no weight. Right. It has no meaning, you know? Mm -hmm. Let's see. I got two points. It boggles my mind. I remember reading when... Uh, Voyager came out and the cast were wait, is that Voyager? Oh, Star Trek 5. Star Trek I'm five. sorry. <laughs> Dumb. Okay, Star Trek 5 came out and the cast were getting older. It, it's been longer since the end of TNG. It's very true. Mm-hmm. Well, very I think true. we're fortunate to have those folks still around. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're all in, in great shape and look great. I mean, uh, I think that yeah. I, I'm really excited to see it for what happens on the show, you know? And I mean, and we're, and we're looking at what potentially what they've said could be the, the final chapter in Picard's story. Yes. You know, from the, from when the show started, they were saying three seasons and done. Now that could always change. That's right. But that's sort of what we're being led to believe. Um, yeah. So, I mean, what do you think? Do you think, what, what would you hope to see out of Picard specifically after the career that he's had and the stories that have been told about him over the last, I mean, I was watching Captain Picard when I was six years old, you know, that's huge. I'm 42 years old now and getting ready to watch the final adventure of this character potentially. Right. I mean, what, what are you, what is everybody hoping for out of that final adventure? Should Picard, I mean, go out in a place of glory. Should Picard go off and be an archeologist? Should Vash come back? You know, should he go back to the vineyard? Should he, should he go to your change his mind about that transporter thing and put rascal himself and start over, you know, Right, rascal yes. himself. That's funny. And then in a few years, James McAvoy can come along and play <laughs> him going through the academy again because yeah. he did that to himself. So he has to start from the beginning. Gosh darn it, doesn't matter what he already knows. Right. There we go. An- another first time commenter, Ricard Picardo, says, kill them all with the self destruct of the F. Okay. Exactly. God, that could. That could happen. Or you could do like happen. a Blake seven ending and you know, it all goes to black and then you hear the explosion and you don't know if they made it out. Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> that will stress me out. <laughs> um, Tara says people age better these days, better living through science. That's true. Exactly. And I'll say that I think Michael Dorn looks better now than he did um, when he did nemesis. Yeah. Just physically. He's really taken yeah. care of himself and gone vegan. Yeah. yeah. Man, people who go vegan and don't eat sweets, it's 
they 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 look so young. Yeah, if you take care of yourself and eat right, you do a little, not always, but often you'll do a lot better. You know. Yeah. Haven says that the promo pick released today, uh, Sir Patrick Stewart, honestly looks younger than he did in Nemesis. Okay, that's crazy. Yeah, Great. crazy. Um, let's see. Is there anything more? <laughs> Tara says Star Trek Picard has been trending on my Twitter for a few hours. Mm. Ooh, does that mean something else is happening that I don't know about? And yeah, I, really. I feel like I have to go look. Or uh, is it just everyone decided? I mean, this is an exciting time to be a Star Trek fan. I mean, we've got <sighs> yeah next week Star Trek Picard season three with the TNG cast, which I think that's going to run right up to Strange New Worlds. Um, I mean, we've got a, a wild couple of months ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Um, Haven Studios is saying that the trending is because mm. the world premiere is at the Chinese theater in downtown Hollywood tonight. Yeah. At 10 and, p.m. And I will say, I think Ooh. everyone, because they, they sent a screener to, I think, every single person on Twitter. A from what I can tell episode. from my Twitter feed, because yeah. everyone on my Twitter feed is like, I saw the first six episodes, but they're, everyone's doing a good job about spoilers. Because yes. no one's spoiling me. So please, yes. everyone out there, if you've seen it, don't spoil me. And people no. who are going to the premiere, don't spoil me. We only got a week to go. Yeah. And and I how do we get on that list? I want a screener. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't want to be sworn to secrecy. I want to watch it and then go talk about it immediately with everybody that I meet. I know. That's why we do a podcast the same day. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because we can't wait any longer. <laughs> I know. I know. Ooh, baby. Um, and then, I mean just to skip over to Matt Sweatman's comment, he said, I think there's more hype for Picard season three than the first one. And I think you're right. Yes. But I think yes, a lot yes, of that yes. is because leading into the first one, they were talking about how this is Picard, but not the Picard you remember. Yeah. And he's yeah. not Everyone's joining like, forces with the TNG mm. cast. And they even yeah. had that joke in the first episode where he, where Siobhan was like, yeah, you need to go get Worf and Riker and Jordy. And he was like, no, I was like, yes, <laughs> I know. That. I know. So I think, I mean, part of, I mean, it's exciting to see a character. It's exciting to see a couple of characters, but the idea of, I mean, even just seeing all of them sit around a conference table discussing a problem and you're like, yeah, man, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's my gang. It's my crew. I was watching them, you right. know, in elementary school and here they are again. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> it's exciting. Miss Powell says someone on a different podcast is saying how rare it is that a cast of an old show is intact because as she points out, Babylon five has lost most of their cast. That's true. I, yeah. I, I agree. I totally agree. And, you know, I think it's an absolute treasure that we have those people, that core group alive in great health, you know, at the top of their game still. Mm-hmm. And right. I'm so excited to see what happens this season. Right. Like, I, I, I hate to be one of the, okay. I like it when Star Trek goes into new territory. I like, yeah. I don't like them to retread. I like it to go forward and do, but God right. dang it. I am so excited to see the next generation <laughs> cast back together. I, know. I can't yeah. help it. I hate to, that. I'm buying into the hype and all that kind of stuff, but <laughs> I can't wait to see it. I think it's because they're not going back. Exactly. Forward with the existing mm-hmm. characters. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and, so yeah, and it's not as if they're walking out in their next gen uniforms again, you know, <laughs> and on yeah. the old bridge, like they're, they're, moving the world of star Trek forward as they go. So yeah. I think, right, right. I think that's really exciting. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to see what happens to everybody, you know, um, yep. we got another comment. just came in. Yeah. Miss Powell says that entertainment weekly has a new article with Terry and the new pictures of the cast. Spoiler alert, PC relationship, Jordy and Worf info. If you want no spoilers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. avoid entertainment. Oh, Picard pressure. Picard slash right. pressure. I get it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I'm, I'm, I'm to the point where we're close enough that I'm trying not to read every piece of information out there. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I got to save something for myself because I know hey. me if, yeah, if, 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 I, if I walked into Walmart tomorrow and the novelization was sitting there, I would, I would sit down and read it <laughs> just there in the floor. <laughs> not, not It's me, 24 man. hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but, I can, but, I can I mean, wait. I can do it. It's I have willpower. Though, that we have the cast intact because if you tried to do this with DS nine, yeah, you'd be, Missing yeah. some folks. You'd be, yes. you know? I mean, not a lot, but an- enough. That it enough. Would, though, you know? Yeah. I mean, you would be missing Avery Brooks because even though he's around and, yeah. and in great health, <laughs> he, he, he's he too busy playing jazz on his phone. Right. He just <laughs> wouldn't be interested in doing it. So, no. you know. But Renee Abergenois couldn't. Yeah. You know, no. Aaron Eisenberg couldn't. No. Um, and those would be losses. Big. That feel, so. yeah. Huge. Huge. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, we're, I mean, we're pretty lucky and it's a pretty exciting time. 
to yeah. be a Star Trek fan. I mean, we've got just a few minutes left of our slot. So, I mean, did anybody have any closing thoughts about Picard's career or about what's coming up on Star Trek? Super quick before we do that, I just want to say um, our podcast is just a tad over two years old now, and I, I just right. wanted—I wish we had counted how many times over the two years we have said it's such an exciting time to be a Star Trek fan. <laughs> and, it just, and it keeps being that; it keeps being an exciting time to be a Star Trek yeah. fan. Yeah, great. And job. we're <laughs> we're a show that we don't love every single thing. That, like, I don't feel obligated to love something just yeah. because it has Star Trek. Too. But we're excited about Star Trek, you know, and, yeah. and every week on our show, I love that we just get together and it's like, it's like going to the movies or going out to dinner after a movie with your friends. And <laughs> what did you yeah. love? And what did you hate? And what? I can't believe they did this, but oh, can you believe they did that? You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's so much fun. And, and also to see where you guys fall and Keith couldn't be with us tonight, but to, yeah. to see what you guys thought of the new episode. And I've gotten to where I'll watch episodes and think, oh, Keith's going to hate that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> or Alan's going to love this. That's Science is wonky. Keith is going to bring that up tonight. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Keith's our science guru. <laughs> oh my gosh. So what was your question? Um, final things about. Yeah. Picard's any closing career. thoughts? And he had a good run. Silent. Yeah. 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 He had, he had a good run. He, um, yeah. you yeah. know, I mean, from the young Academy cadet, he made it all the way to Admiral and then back again, you know, yeah. he's back, back <laughs> to yeah. the Academy by the end. So it sort of brings him full circle, I guess, in our discussion is that, the last time we saw him doing Starfleet things, he was passing on his wisdom to the next generation of folks. And I think that's great. Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man. So this was a fun hour. Yeah. Thank you. Strange new pod for inviting us back. Yeah. And thank you for folks that we've never met coming on to, to watch us take the con for an hour. You know, I really appreciate it. Like I said, you, you can find us on any podcast platform called earth station Trek. We've got over a hundred episodes out now. And we also have a Facebook group, Earth Station Trek, a Twitter, a YouTube. Basically, just search for Earth Station Trek, you'll find us. But yeah, um, well, we watch just, a lot of our um, old recordings on YouTube as well. Yeah, and we're, we're just a, a group of Star Trek fans who love getting together and talk about it. We're not the world's foremost authority on anything. Yeah. And like I said, we're not haters. We're not, mm-hmm. you know, pure gushers either. We just, right. we love it and we love talking about it and seeing where we all fall and what we all think. Haven Studios says, before you go, I want to say I am now downloading your episodes on Spotify to listen to. (laughs) If you ask any of the Strange New Pod, I listen to a lot of Trek podcasts. Thank thank you so much. Yeah, that is now if you're starting from the beginning, if you're starting from the beginning, go easy (laughs) on us. I I was listening to our first episode the other day, just on our I was like, oh, why am I talking so slow? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Earth Station Trek. I, I improve. Give me time. <laughs> Luckily, you get to see him now. Right. And then you go listen to that. You're like, wow, he sounds really strange. It's like watching season one. Yeah, of, I, that's of right. my TNT. season one Bashir. But for our exactly. podcast. <laughs> exactly. I'll grow into a developed character if you keep, keep listening. <laughs> Matt Sweatman says that he strongly recommends our podcast. That's so very sweet and thoughtful of you well, to you. say, Matt. A great thank bunch you, of Matt. folks, as you've seen tonight. Aww. Thank oh. you, buddy. We appreciate it. Your check's in the mail, Matt. And Zon, <laughs> Our Zon the fourth says, it's good to know that the TNG cast will have an ending. Can't wait for next week. That's right. Me too. I'm going to be in LA next week, and I don't know when I'm going to actually get to see the episode. So I'm just going to be wow. like climbing the walls until I actually get to see it. <laughs> Go in a corner and watch it on your phone. That's right. <laughs> All right. <gasps> 10 points. I've never got a point before. That's great. <laughs> I wow. think I'm in the lead now. That's amazing. <laughs> Haven Studios says they listen to all shows at 1.2 speed, so maybe I won't notice. There you go. You're, <laughs> okay. You're slow delivery. In the, okay. So if you listen to me at that speed, you may want to slow down when I'm talking. <laughs> yeah. Just a warning. All right. So, Alan, where can people find more of you on the internet? Well, let's see. I have another podcast on the ESO network and it's called modern <laughs> musicology. And it's a music podcast about all kinds of music topics. And mm-hmm. man, we've had some interviews with some amazing people like Gina shock of the go-go's and just all kinds of great stuff. And we've got a couple of things coming up that are like, I can't believe we scored this person. Um, and you can find more about me at cosmic press, K O Z M I C press.com. That's where you can see books that I've written, books that I've published by other authors, and all the podcasts that I'm involved in. 
How about us, Veronica? FeltNerdy.com. Yep, where we perform locally here in Atlanta as Felt Nerdy. Uh, and we do family entertainment for libraries and theaters, and we also do adult entertainment for burlesque shows, and we we run the gamut. Um, but if you're interested in puppets or puppetry or nerd nerd humor, look for Felt Nerdy on Facebook. Uh, and where else can they find us? Well, I also wanted to mention you can see our uh, Spock and Kirk puppet on there. That's right. But also, Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. That's right. You may we... have seen Elaine Sweatman, one of our co-hosts <laughs> on Monkeying Around, comment earlier. Mm-hmm. Yep, we have right a podcast on. about the monkeys. Uh, so monkeys and Star Trek and puppets, and that pretty much sums us up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Veronica, moment of truth. Do you have a closing for us this week? Make it so. Hey, nailed it. <laughs> I've done no, that just No pause now. or anything. Amazing. Right. Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating. You can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. You can join in the fun on our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. You can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com. We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.